Welcome to the Bumbleberry Artist Spotlight. This is a weekly podcast where we go over artists' work and their NFT projects and get to know them a little bit better and kind of expose our community to the amazing things that other L2 artists have going on and things to come. So, Silent Girl, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone in the audience? I think everybody here knows me, so I don't have to say much. Hi, I'm Silent Girl. Or Silent Repenter, creator of the Silent Girl NFTs. You all know me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, so Silent Girl has quite a few collections on the GameStop NFT marketplace. Tell us about your latest NFT project and kind of what you've got going on with that. So I've got quite a few things going on at the same time at the moment. Yeah, um, don't we all? My life life is super busy right now. So I'm kind of glad there's a bit of a, a crypto winter and, you know, everything in the NFT world is a bit more quiet. It gives me time to kind of process stuff that I need to do for my real life plans, as well as what my plans are in terms of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to move forward with my project. So I am working on some 3D stuff at the moment, hoping to get some stuff that's rigged that can be compatible, metaverse ready in that sense. And that's what I primarily am focused on right now. I am doing a lot of behind the scenes collaborations, which is why I haven't really made any new content that's out to purchase yet. And those things will come out soon. I guess I'm still in the planning process, isn't it? It's pragmatic, this role. <laughs> yeah, well, as an artist and creator, you know, we kind of have to be a jack of all trades, right? You have to manage your discord and do the art and do kind of everything at the same time. So yeah, it, it could definitely be be interesting yeah i think most across all the discords that i've seen so far anyway it's been quite quiet and i think it's because managing and running a discord that's active i think takes a team and i am a one-man shop unfortunately so everything that i do i do myself i feel like this is quite repetitive because i always say it it sounds like a you know the smallest world smallest violin oh i do everything by myself what i was going to say is that i don't have the manpower to be able to do all the extra stuff that I would like to do. And I guess when a project becomes really popular, then you get people who are more active and you get those things that you can do and get people engaged, etc. I don't have that kind of pull yet. My project is still small, but I'm grateful for that in some sense as well, because I know my community and that's what's so wonderful about it. You would consider your community small, but I don't know if others might consider that because, I mean, you uh, and your collection are, are kind of one of the staples of L2 NFTs, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, one of the projects that defines what L2 NFTs are, I think. And so it's it's definitely recognizable for a lot of people. That always gets me. Every time people say that, I just feel like, oh, my gosh. For me, I feel like I'm always looking to better my projects and progress and I look to bigger projects than mine, obviously, but then I always forget that there are people who look up to my project too. So when, you know, when you say stuff like that, I just think, oh my gosh, that's also quite true. And I need to think more like that when I consider stuff in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've been around as long as anybody has in, in L2. As far yeah, as you, I'm ancient. Yeah, you go back through Discord and everything, and you're going you're gonna to find your work as far back as, as you want to go, basically. So... Yeah, you've definitely been there. I'm one of the through... seniors. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you, you've been through the, the good times and, and the lean times. Yeah. So, you know. It's... I've been through the write your own metadata stage that nobody recognizes now. <laughs> yeah. 
So speaking of kind of the old days, tell us a, a little bit about your history as an artist. Um, how did you get started making art? So I don't consider myself an artist. I would consider myself a creator, an NFT creator. And the reason why I say I don't consider myself an artist is because I've seen so much stuff out there that I would consider amazing art. Like people who are very talented in their field, they're very good at what they do. Like one example is Ocarina, for instance, she just has a knack for these things. Like when she draws, even if she's not thinking about something, it just art comes out. And for me, that's a true artist. I think I'm more of a creator. I go for something that's trendy. I go for something that is, I guess, people will remember, people can find iconic, like the silent girl has a specific hair that I use and that's transferable to other NFTs that I've done with collaborations, like, you know, pixel ones and etc. And there's going to be a 3D feature coming out soon as well. But um, what I'm trying to say is that how I began was I have throughout my whole entire life been a doodler. So everywhere I go, like every time I make notes or whatever, I'm always doodling in the corner of all my work and everything. And I've always done that. So I think for me, that's where it began. Um, how I was inspired to do art for this for layer two. Basically, I own some of GameStop stock and we were part of this group, another Discord. And it came to a one year anniversary of that Discord. And I wanted to just change the banner because it was really frustrating me. And I doodled a cake, a GME cake. And then well, I minted that actually on layer one on OpenSea. And I just handed it to everybody else who had a wallet who was in the Discord. And then later on, somebody else kind of asked, oh, can I mint it on layer two? And I said, yeah, sure, go for it. And that's how I kind of stumbled across layer two. And yeah, it all started with a cake, basically. I've made this so long and boring. But yeah, it started with a cake. It's just my doodles. You know, everything that you've just described is the exact definition of what an artist is. <laughs> and, you know, you're also... If you say so. You're also on a, a podcast called The Artist Spotlight. So if you're not an artist, you're in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, stumbled on this. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely in the right place, though, both here and in L2 in general. You kind of echoed something that I've heard before in this community, which is, you know, I didn't really get started making art until I made something for fun in, you know, Superstock or Wall Street Vets or wherever, you know, however old uh, you may be in the community. But uh, I think a lot of people got started there. And, you know, we have a lot of, of GameStop holders and believers in the L2 community in general. So yeah, that's definitely interesting that you found out about L2 and kind of your first NFT mint was was through there. Do I mean, you I still layer... oh, go ahead? No, I was just gonna say like I think layer two, to be a creator in layer two and for your project to survive, it's really I mean, people might disagree, but I feel like it's really important to be pragmatic. Um mm -hmm. you've got to change and move with whatever is demanded in that respect. And I think being a creator, that's more simpler because you can just transition. Whereas being an artist, if that's your skill, that, that might be a bit more difficult for you in order for your project to survive because you're not changing to suit the needs of the audience, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you definitely feel like you have to constantly be adapting your art to suit what people are looking for? Is that, is that what you're saying? 
Yes, in a way, but also like upskilling myself. Like I wouldn't, mm -hmm. like how you said I'm, I'm an artist, I wouldn't consider myself an artist. I would consider myself a creator. I think part of the role of being a creator is actually upskilling and changing and learning, growing, basically. Like if you look at all of the, even yourself, including yourself, um, everybody who's kind of um, started off in the layer in, as a creator in layer two, a lot of people have had to pivot or change or head in a direction that's slightly different. And lots of artists have done that. Even like a lot of the launch creators have done that. They've moved on from what they originally started with. Um, and I think that's part of the process and part of growing and learning as a cre creator. As an artist, that's slightly different because, you know, what makes your work so unique is your type of art or your, um, I guess, signature to your art, which doesn't necessarily have to change. And I guess that's the difference between great art and just creating in my opinion anyway very interesting point i mean i know that there is a that there's a, a never evolving community that supports us right so if we want to give back to that community it's important that we do adapt to kind of what what their expectations are and kind of what the meta and the marketplace is so you know, i definitely understand that and it seems lately that utility is kind of you know on everybody's minds lately and there's sort of been this major push for providing utility with your nft collections have you experienced that from your community and and you know sort of how are you reacting and providing utility for your nfts to be honest i really love my following because they're so like do whatever <laughs> they're not so demanding of me and like holding me accountable for like oh if i can't get this as a result of purchasing your nft then like what's the point i don't get that from my community and that's what i love about it and i think that's because you know as much as you don't consider but I do consider it's quite small and that's what I really enjoy I know with bigger projects there is a demand for utility because people are investing a hell of a lot more money than what they would be investing in my projects for instance so they might feel like they need a bit more of a return I think the problem that you have right now with utilities actually you end up with a community of a very elite few as opposed to having a community that welcomes all so this, I think, is one of the, I think, upcoming problems that people are going to find with projects with utilities, that actually a lot of it will be exclusivity as opposed to opening up your project. And in order for you to succeed in Layer 2, you can't just close your audience off to just a small community. Yes, you can provide them the utility if you wanted to just make them the elite, but you also have to provide for people in a wider market who may not have come across your project, because what's then there for them to enter into if that makes sense if there's nothing that you're providing in addition so i think it depends it really depends on who you've got i know with um certain projects where they're developing games the utility would be that you know your nft has some sort of part to play in the game that you're going to be playing or whatever and that makes sense but i'm really not a developer so <laughs> i won't be making games i might contribute towards existing games if in the future you know things plan out the way they should but i wouldn't be creating my own games or anything like that so yeah i think it's a mixed bag of utility what do you think i'm a member of looper island as you are i'm sure right so mm -hmm. you know i'm excited for the the utility association that that just being part of that game brings yeah. and i think that going forward a lot of sort of pfp style projects are are going to really benefit from that style of game or sort of utility that that comes along with you know somebody's making something that's not necessarily associated with you but that sort of provides your community with some something a little bit extra just for holding 
or being a member of your community, right? And so like when Looper Island opens, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, launch day NFTs and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff that's going to go along with it. That's, that's going to be really fun for the community. And that's something that people like you or me may not have had an opportunity to provide otherwise, right? So yeah. I think that kind of thing is going to be super important in the future. Yeah. You know, I've said this before. I don't think that PFP projects or anything like that, I think they're always going to be here, regardless of the push for utility, because a PFP projects, like, like a silent girl, it, it has utility just by being what it is, right? You can, by default, use it for something already. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's nice that you're you don't really feel the push for that, but I, I do I do think that it's sort of it's sort of like a social standard in the community right now, where people sort of expect that there's going to be something else coming along with the NFT. Now, I know that you you do some merch rewards and things like that for holders. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So I did. Um, what I found is during launch, oh, after launch, should I say, GameStop Marketplace launch. Um, a lot of the projects that I launched, there was a lot of material that was still out. And so what I wanted to do is reduce the amount of stuff that was available that was floating around and reward those who actually are holding like numbers of my collections. And so with my collectibles, what I did was I offered a reward system for sets within the collection, which I posted up and then people claimed whichever sets that they wanted to. And yeah, there were physical merchandise that I did send out. The thing with that is also is that actually there's a lot of people who don't want physical merchandise because they don't really want to reveal who they are or where they live or any of their personal information. Mm -hmm. So what I do now is I do like monthly, I guess, contests in my Discord where they have a choice whether they want to receive something physical if they don't, if they want like custom one-on-one um, NFT instead. But yeah, so there was good uptake with the physical merchandise. Loads of people received them. And they were happy with them. So that was nice. Yeah, I heard some uh, some pretty good feedback from people who got some of the things that you were sending out. What kind of process was that like? Did you use sort of print on demand or did you handle all of the shipping yourself? That was honestly a nightmare. <laughs> okay. I did not do anything. I didn't think it through in the sense that for me, it was a one-off because it was one of those things. I mean, in the future, I would be looking to do some merchandise that people can purchase directly from a shop. Mm -hmm. um, but the reward system was uh, the reward for the collect uh, collections. That was a one-off claim, basically. And that meant that I had to order from different places. And then I had lots of stock. I've actually got quite a lot of stock left as well, piling up in my house that I then sent out to everybody manually. It's not very cost effective, but it did give me kind of some experience with sampling how products would look which is what I wanted to do. I think like moving forward, if I do set up some merchandise, it will be just what you can wear or basic stuff like stationery, which you can get universally if you set it up online. So then I don't have to hold the stock. And actually most of my collectors are from the US. So if I do have a shop for merchandise, I will be looking at somewhere in the US that can do the stock. So it's easy for shipping. I mean, GameStop has removed the buy button for everybody else, so... Might as well cater to my US fans. Yeah, that's, you know, so that brings up an interesting point. As someone who lives overseas outside of the US, what do you think about them removing the buy button? I mean, they didn't really come out and say anything specific about that. Bro, you know as much as I do. That's what I'm saying. 
Okay. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. I'm not happy about it. But, you know, it's what they have to do to survive. And, you know, I can't really blame them for it. If they're under scrutiny, then that's what they need to do. Okay. Well, did you feel any effects on the creator side from that? I know um, and I hadn't heard of anything, any of you creators being affected by that. Um, no, side. we still can't. Yeah, I mean, we can't buy without VPN off the GameStop marketplace. But to be honest, I haven't actually bought anything from the marketplace since the removal of the buy button. I've been mostly buying stuff off Loop Exchange. And most of the stuff that I buy now anyway is just for giveaways. I don't really buy anything to hold for myself, unless it's something that I really like, like um, Asmodeus's and um, <laughs> the recent NFT that you made with Greta. That was hilarious. So stuff like that I will buy if I want it for my own keepsake. But yeah, generally speaking, now most of the stuff I buy is from Loop Exchange, so it doesn't really affect me. Would you say that there are some projects that you're really bullish on? Um, no. I buy what I like. I buy stuff that I feel like I would find funny or I like the aesthetic of or something I want to keep just for sometimes memory's sake. Like okay. in the beginning when people started minting first on layer two, there were loads of NFTs that were floating around and I hold so many of those. And although like 90% of those projects are dead, for me, those are memories. So when I look at them, I think, oh my God, do you remember that time when this happened and that happened? And it sounds so... I'm quite sentimental like that, so... No, I completely understand. I mean, looking through my wallet is definitely like going back in time. I mean, a good portion of it is the shrimp event, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people. Well, whoever was on the shrimp list, <laughs> it's going to be a good portion of their wallet when they're scrolling through. But yeah, it's like looking back in time. Like you said, there are a lot of projects that aren't with us anymore, and that's unfortunate, but it the stuff that they created is still with us. And that's what is beautiful about nfts and, and art in general i think you get to experience something that the creator made and distributed to everybody but even if god forbid they pass away in real life you know their work is still there right and the great thing about the blockchain is that it's immutable it's not like you know you're gonna have to, you know a painting sitting in someone's garage for 10 years before it sees the light of day it at least exists and and somebody can look through their wallet and enjoy it as they scroll through right at the very minimum yeah, it locks in that time of yeah. your life. So, and I'm I'm a huge, huge scrapbooker. Like every time okay. I go on holiday and stuff, and like any receipts and stuff that I keep, obviously not everyday stuff, but, um, you know, days out and stuff like that, I stick those things into the scrapbook. So for me, like, the stuff that I buy are stuff that I would, I would put in my digital scrapbook. That's the way I see it. Interesting. Okay, so what about, what about blockchain technology in general? What are your thoughts on sort of how that's progressing? I, I don't know if you've been following all that or not, or if you're just into NFTs. Are you talking about gaming or are you talking about just generally in life? Just in general. I, can... I mean, you know, it's it, we're seeing sort of, it, it's happening slowly, but we're seeing more widespread adoption. You know, yeah. more wallets are popping up. You know, we're seeing more installations of wallets. Uh, I feel like, you know, that's that's on the rise again. You know, I think the general the general sentiment, I feel like, is sort of turning more bullish than bearish, right? We had had the big drop in the downturn in the market, and I, I feel like that flushed a lot of people out. But I'm hopeful, and I feel like a lot of people are hopeful that we're headed on in the right direction again. Yeah, I mean, I think in the long run, there will be better uptake, and I think people will get around to it. But um, obviously, because of the, you know, 
crypto winter, it's had a massive effect on people's ability to spend freely like they used to. Mm-hmm. So people are more considerate about taking gambles, I guess, with their own money now. You know, I was like that. But the first time that I put loaded up my wallet with, I don't know, maybe $100, it was like barely anything. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, I, didn't, I, I had no idea at all. Mm-hmm. And now when I think about how much I trade daily, like how much I exchange and whatever, and I don't even think about it. It's just like second nature. I think that big leap that you have where you have that he- where you're quite hesitant before you make that leap, that that's for everybody. I think moving away from tangible dollar to crypto dollar, that that's fearful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think once you've done it, that's it. You don't think twice about it. And I'm quite optimistic that people will be the uptick will increase in the future. And a lot of people will be moving towards digital assets. So as an NFT creator, you know, what are you doing to prepare for, you know, possible upcoming bull run? I mean, you said you're working on some 3D stuff. Do you have any other, uh, anything else in the works? At the moment, no, I'm looking at building 3D assets that can be integrated into more metaverse ready, um, rigged and ready, that sort of thing. Do you have any metaverses Uh, kind of targeted for implementation yet? Or is it just going to be up to the holder? What do you mean? Like Curiverse, for example, you can implement assets into that game. There are others that are coming out as well soon that are you're going to be able to implement your own 3D asset files into. So I just I mm-hmm. didn't know if you had any anything specific in mind. I have something, but I don't want to say anything too soon. Okay, no, but, that's completely um... fine. That's why I asked. I, <laughs> yeah, I figured you, you know give you space. the opportunity if you wanted to. Anyway. There is going to be something, but I can't say what yet. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that's that's enough. I, I feel like people are going to be not, excited um, just yeah. by that. Um, <laughs> so uh, with that, we'll move on to some community questions here. So we've got a few sure. coming in. We kind of touched on some of these already, um, but I'm going to run through them. And if you, you know, if you've already covered it, you can feel free to skip over it. Okay. So Turtman is asking what kind of what got you into Web3 and NFTs? We already kind of touched on that with uh, Super Stonk or you know, GameStop, but you have anything to add in that regard? No, it was literally that I stumbled on it and it was the rest was just luck. Pure luck. Okay. Right time, right, right time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Right place. Okay. So uh, next up we uh, have Misfit. He's asking which of your GameStop marketplace collections do you enjoy working on the most? I like my classic silent girls. They're the ones that I enjoy. I mean, I've got um, a, not a new collection, I would say. Well, it is a collection, but like we've club for club members who have one one of one silent girls, mm-hmm. and actually those ones are the ones that I enjoy most. Yeah, so that would probably be my most favorite. My well, classics. Tell us a little. Tell us about the Silent Girl Club. What um what exactly is that? that I'm sorry, that's that's like your holders society membership. Is that right? It is, yeah. So it's for members uh, of an NFT who hold membership. Mm-hmm. It gives them exclusivity to certain things, news, rewards, airdrops, that sort of stuff. But I will be working more on the background of Silent Girls because I don't want it to just be an NFT project where, hey, here's a bunch of Silent Girls, that's it. There is going to be a story. There's going to be some background that I'm building up because obviously if I'm, if I'm, if I'm getting ready a 3D model for you know, game ready model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want it to have a background story, not just an image of a silent girl. So there will be more about characters and where all of this began. 
I just have to have the time. I really don't have the time right now, but I am trying. So yeah, so first things first, 3D model will come out. Once that's out, then I'm going to be working on story and background. And then you'll know more about the Silent Girl world, I promise. Okay. When I get around to it. Now, I know you did uh, a little bit of lore in your Silent House of Cards collection. Is that going to be sort of along those same lines and included? Or is that completely separate? It's completely separate. But... No, it's completely separate. I was thinking about how to integrate that into it, but it will be completely separate because the a Silent House of Cards is actually a storybook. So there's 10 chapters that will conclude one, one big story um, and there's a surprise for somebody who collects all of them. But I'm not allowed to say that. Oh. oh. I just did. You didn't Don't hear that. Me. Well, I'll edit that part mm-hmm. out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll fix it in post. How about that? Um, <laughs> so Art Magic is asking... Uh, who are your artistic inspirations? Oh, so um, originally I was inspired by this game called Genshin Impact. And there was a character in there that I've completely forgotten her name because since I started doing NFTs and stopped, I just literally stopped playing games. Uh, what was hey, her name? It happens, to, it happens to a lot of oh, people. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I feel like because all my time now is taken up on NFTs, I don't have time to play games. I just just... I've moved away from that completely. But yeah, mostly anime-esque characters. Um, I did start a spin-off pixel project called Mutes. And that was because I kind of wanted to work on developing pixel art. I was inspired actually by Wolfies because I love the Wolfies collection. I think that's amazing. So that was inspired by Wolfies. Yeah, it's another staple Um, of L2 there. And, uh, just yeah. been around for forever. I just don't get how he's not approved. He's amazing. His work, I suppose, most of his work is stuff that is iconic characters. Yeah, maybe because it's, of it's very copyright. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very very uh, tricky uh, for GameStop to approve stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, his work is. I definitely yeah. remember uh, you coming out with the mutes. I, I I bought honestly too many of them. I gave a few of them away to our community here. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So I, I, well, I'm not able to do it as much as I used to, but, you know, I, I, I like to support L2 artists as much as I can uh, with the time that I have. I mean, that's the whole point of, of having this show uh, is just to kind of bring artists on and uh, commingle our communities and get to know everyone a little bit better. Yeah. That's great, though. And you know what? That's hugely appreciated. I really, really value people who are supporting other artists out there. And I try where possible to support as many as I can as well. I do giveaways in my Discord where I look at projects where I think, oh, that's kind of cute or that could go somewhere. And I reward my following with that. So it kind of opens it up for everyone to get a chance to see new projects as well. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's how we get widespread adoption into this blockchain, in the L2, right? We have to bring people in. We have to tell them about it uh you know i don't want to i don't want to say we have to evangelize for l2 because it's not really to that level but it's sort of what we have to do right we have to you know we have to preach the gospel of l2 and get people to join up because if we can get an exodus from l1 into l2 it's going to be you know for everyone's benefit i believe so i think it's so important right now to do that as well yeah considering that you know, if you go to Loopring now and you look at the L2 marketplace chat, it's so dead. There's nobody there. Yeah. So actually, where do people who want to, you know, promote the new projects go? They don't really go anywhere right now. So it's quite hard. 
I think that's why it's really important that you do stuff like this where you're hosted in a space where actually you can look at these projects. And it protects the community from projects that are just rug pulled. Right. Yeah, there's, so there's been entirely too many of those recently, I'll say that much. Oh, believe me, I've bought so much crap. Yeah. And I've given it away to my community too, saying, don't resell this, it's rubbish. <laughs> but, you know. See, I, I, I thought about doing that, but I'm like, man, I just, I'll just burn it. I can't, I can't send this to anybody else, even though it looks no, cool. People it's like just not, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess so, but... As long uh, as you're transparent and you say, look, this is a rock pool project, but here you go if you want a chance. Yeah. You can have one. Yeah, there's quite a, there's quite a lot of those uh, when I scroll through my wallet, like I said, you know, just NFTs that I bought, and then some of them I wouldn't call a rug. It's just, you know, not really, the project didn't really go where the, where the person thought, and they, you know, either didn't have the ability or the time to keep up with it, and I, I can understand that. You know, I know some people would feel cheated, but... You got to understand, like someone starts an NFT project. I mean, they're they're pretty much starting a business for their art and themselves, right? So, you know, it's understandable that not everyone succeeds. Oh, hundred percent. And when I think about some of the stuff that started out in layer two that no longer exists, I feel sad because I'm like, oh my god, that was such a good project. Like, I wish it carried on. Yeah. Um, but I think things like that will be back when there's another bull run when people start getting more interested back in. The space again you'll find wouldn't that, that be amazing just to see some projects rise from the dead whenever yeah. the bull run happens i mean i'm sure we're gonna we're gonna see some ones that we don't want to see try and come back but yeah. the, the ones that you know like i said the artists just kind of just didn't didn't have the ability to keep it up you know we might see some of those come back if if people are able to sort of make a living in crypto again and don't have to slave away at a fiat job <laughs> in the crypto winter yeah. right so i mean i think if you've got the stamina and you've got an idea this is the best time to start something new absolutely uh, i mean we're we're you know, so because... before early yeah i know everybody says that and it's sort of cliche right now but we are we are super early and it's not yeah. just that it's we're at a stage now where actually it's just as quiet as it was this time last year before everything started kicking off there was very few projects out there not that very many people were creating. I mean, it got really saturated towards like maybe summer last year. And that died down, obviously, with crypto going down. I felt like a lot of people just decided they weren't really interested um, in projects and they moved away from like layer two. But now we've reset and actually the people who truly believe in layer two space are still around. And actually, if you start a project now, you will be able to stick it out and you know succeed in your project so long as you know that you've got plan direction of what you want to do yeah and you know we did have a you know some people in the some of the projects that didn't stick around were just sort of knee-jerk reactions to the insanity of last bull run that we had you know there was so much money being thrown around there was so much so many people talking about uh, all these projects and where we're going to the moon on everything and so it's <laughs> it's understandable that and unfortunate that you know a lot of those projects aren't with us anymore. Yeah, something similar is actually happening right now with Bitcoin. Um, somebody managed to, I don't know, I don't understand technology there, but somebody managed to, a lot of projects have managed to now mint Bitcoin NFTs. And over there, I'm looking at some of the projects and they're just wild. Like they're throwing money around in those projects, like how everybody was throwing money around. On ETH on or one? Um, no, what were they? I can't remember now. I'll I can probably send you a link. Yeah, send me a link if you remember what it is. I'd like to take a look at that. 
Yeah, uh, so we'll uh, go ahead and finish up these community questions here. So uh, Ricky the Bard asks if there's a distribution style you prefer to reward holders. So you do airdrops and things like that, and you've done merch. So which style do you prefer that you feel like works the best for your community? So I've, I I took it to my community and asked them to vote. So I asked them whether they wanted to have merchandise, if they wanted to have loops, or if they wanted to have NFTs. And it was kind of like a mixed bag, so that didn't really come back <laughs> really well for me. Okay. And so I thought, oh, if it's a mixed bag, then I'll do something for everyone. But I think people really, really want the commissioned work. So the unique silent girls that they choose, the one-of-ones, okay. those seem to be the most popular. And how many of those have you done so far? I honestly don't know. The ones that I've minted on Marketplace, probably about... Oh, I really don't know. Maybe seven, not that many, maybe seven or eight. Um, okay. And then so I found some then, that, yeah. yeah, just some that just didn't pass the regulations on GameStop. So they had to be minted on Loop Exchange. I mean, it's because one of ones take me a lot of time to do, especially when they catered for like specific. I mean, before Marketplace opened and actually this time last year, roughly, I was making um, some commission work that I was doing. And they were moving images, so they were like gifts. Mm-hmm. And um, they just took so long. And the thing is, when people want to have stuff that's specifically catered, there's always so many things to edit. Um, and that's what makes it more personable, and they love it. But from the creator point of view, that's very time-consuming. So I can't often, like, I can't offer it all the time to everybody. I don't know if I answered the question. Sorry. No, you, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So when you when you go to create those those customs and well just NFTs and your art in general, kind of what what is your um what's your design process like? What platform do you use to create? Oh, so I do everything off Photoshop. Oh, it's not even Photoshop. I use Photo P. I should probably buy Photoshop at this stage. But I just um yeah, Photoshop for me is just the most easiest thing to use because I've known it since I was a child. So that's what I use most all the time actually okay um whenever somebody comes to me with an idea i look for things to inspire me so if you come to me and you say oh you want to have like you know a person in a casino you know with a slot machine for me that creation process is i've got to do some research to find out what i would picture and imagine what that scene would look like and then i would create it so this is where i'm saying like where you get creative and you've got someone like an artist Narcissists might be able to envisage that straight away. For me, it takes me a while, so I have to really like get into it before I can start on that. Okay. So did you do your pixel art in Photoshop as well? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's all in Photoshop. I mean, honestly, that's a little bit more impressive to me than, <laughs> than the, the rest of the stuff that you've done. You in know Photoshop. what? When I do it, I feel ancient because I feel like, oh, I'm sure there's an easier way of doing this. But then I met somebody who does pixel art on Excel documents, and I'm like, oh what the hell? That's like no, next thank level you. ancient. Yeah, no thanks. So for me, that person is a wizard. Well, you <laughs> so, know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. So a lot of people use a sprite for pixel art, right? But I feel like the really, really pro pixel art people that you see on like Instagram and ArtStation and stuff like that, those people, I feel like primarily use Photoshop. And it's it's just beyond impressive because it, as someone that has used photoshop a lot you know placing pixel by pixel and and then not being able to 
really like select that an individual pixel and move it like you could in a vector like that is insanity to me like my brain hurts just thinking about it you know i think because it's so basic i get it better which makes absolutely no sense but yeah i get what you mean yeah, well, I first It'd be nice I did my to first. Pixel, <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's what's great about vector. I mean, you can click and drag anything, and you if you don't like it, you just click and move it to you know change the line, recreate it. But in Photoshop, you know, you're working with raster, so it's either erase it or paint yeah. over it, right? So it's very unforgiving. But you stick with the devil, you know, don't you? Yeah. For me, for it's yeah. the devil I know. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking with uh, Kobanban, uh, and he told us that he had flattened his Photoshop. No, oh, no, no, it was Nico. It was Nico that had flattened his his Photoshop file. And, Gosh, I'm feeling had, the uh... pain of that already. <laughs> I know it hurts, right? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, so that's why I primarily work in vectors because Photoshop is. You know, I've actually, yeah, you know, I've actually done that with one of my silent girls. Oh, really? um, I think it's the original zombie I flattened and I saved and I, I I'm still not over it <laughs> it hurts yeah because to get that back in an editable form right you would have to remake the whole thing and, yeah. and it's just so much work depending on how many layers you had and and what was involved like it's just yeah so to do pixel art in photoshop I cannot even imagine uh, honestly, it's you know what I think the pixel art is more therapeutic than doing the other art. What makes you say that? I think it's because it's so regimented and structured and very precise. Like it's more just, methodical and like you have to go yeah. slower or just well, is it more precise? Just, yeah, like because it, it's precise, I just know where things go. <laughs> I don't know. It's like structured in a way where it goes into the boxes, doesn't it? So I don't have right. to think. Yeah, you're working on the grid, I guess. It's a little bit makes it a little bit uh, more cut and dry, as far as what goes where, I guess. Right? That's interesting. I'm boring like that. No, I wouldn't say that's boring. Yeah, that's (laughs) you know, it's just everybody's brain works differently, right? This is why I said, and I will, I will go to my deathbed saying that you're an artist, and you will not ever convince me otherwise, because this is where I would dispute that, because I would say (laughs) that's more of a non-artist and somebody who likes things that fit into boxes tend to be quite methodical and structured but less creative so it depends on which way you look at it really yeah i suppose so so accident prone asks what your main inspiration is for making art so not necessarily behind silent girls but just for being a creator in general i find it more similarly i actually find it quite calming and therapeutic when I start doing something it's like my mind just drifts into another world and I'm busy it's like I have the same thing that I do when believe it or not when I'm ironing so whenever I'm ironing or if I'm creating I have this thing where I go into the zone and it helps me I feel like it calms me down I feel like it's quite it's very therapeutic that's what I enjoy about it most I like when I don't have to do specific tasks like, for instance, if I'm just creating something and I'm just letting my mind go, that for me is the best type of creating. It's, it's like Nirvana, right? That. It's everything's flowing yeah. and you're almost doing it without even thinking. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Feeling. Yeah. And I feel like the outcome of those, whatever it is that I'm doing at that time, they come out better. 
they look better than like there's some sonicas that I absolutely love and then there's some where I'm like nah, you know <laughs> yeah I no I definitely know yeah I same feeling about everything that I make. owning any of those ones sorry guys the ones that I like that I feel like wow that actually came out really well is the ones where I don't have any limitation to what I'm supposed to create it's just me just on a whim yeah, well, there's a, you know, there's sort of a psychology behind that, right? It's the same, it's the same thing. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the parasympathetic nervous system. It's the same reason why, you know, weightless float tanks sort of make you relax, right? So you're able to focus and sort of kick in that subconscious part of yourself that just kind of knows what to do, right? And that feeling is, you know, it's it's so relaxing because it's almost like you can just kind of sit back and 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 watch the magic happen from inside yourself, even right? Like it's, it's incredible for anyone who yeah. isn't an artist and who's never had that feeling. I'm sure you may have had it other other places other than art. I know, I know programmers have that a lot when they're deep in coding. You know, they have that focus, that that motivation that is similar to what I would say an artist feels when when making art. Oh, that's a really good analogy, actually. I have no idea what programmers are thinking. They're in another world for me. Yeah. They're in the matrix. Well, I'm, I haven't programmed a lot, but I've worked in IT a long time and I've had associations mm-hmm. with a lot of people who do programming. And, you know, it, it's very similar to, to art, right? Because you're, you're sitting, you know, you're creating, really. I mean, that's what, it's what you're yeah. doing. You're creating something that is going to yeah. execute and do something else, right? So it's definitely the same sort of area of the brain, I feel like, that is, is activated and and responsible for that kind of thing yeah so those silent girls that you were saying that you kind of just zone in and you really enjoyed making which one would you say is your favorite one of those um my most favorite one that i made is the punk fairy which is one that i made recently and i think somebody in the audience has it adam fairy. um <laughs> I, I probably have seen that let me see if i can find that it's quite different from my usual art style but I've really enjoyed making that because I don't know it was just different for me and um it reminded me of I went through this really embarrassing phase of being a punk when I was a teenager and then being an emo when I was a teenager and let's not talk about that history but I think think uh, a lot of us did so don't worry about (laughs) that okay (laughs) um, I collected a lot of stuff that I liked that was quite neon and punkish and um, that phase of my life obviously was very short-lived, but thank God. When I created that one, I had that moment of my life in mind and I just rolled with it. And that was the outcome of it. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. Because okay. I want to make more silent girls that are different art styles because I've got a staple template now of the hair. I can go wild with everything else. And I want to do a lot more of different art styles and not just stick to... I need better equipment, to be honest. I've just not had the time to go and purchase some stuff, but I will get it soon so I can go a bit more wild with my style. Well, I'm sure awesome. I'm sure everyone would love to see that. And I'm sure everyone is going to is super excited to see the 3D stuff that you're working on as well. You know, I know we uh, yeah, we talked about. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that are coming up for you. I, I it's just incredible. I, I'm super excited for everything that you've got going on. So last community question here. KG's asked, since you're a former gamer, so we've already touched on this, but um, he's asking if you will create game assets. So I, I think here he's talking not so much about characters, but more like, you know, accessories assets. and assets. Yeah. Is that something yeah, that you're going to have along with your with your 3D art? 
So once I've got characters, then creating assets will be the next on the plan. The reason why I want to roll, why I want to choose characters first is because I've already got an iconic NFT character, a silent girl. Mm -hmm. So to have the 3D models ready will be great. And then variations of stuff you can accessorize with will be the next step. But I'm not in a rush to do that right now. Priorities to get the characters out first. But yeah, in the future, hopefully. I mean, I'm learning still the whole 3D thing. I tried to get away with not learning it and just hiring somebody to do it, like in partnership with somebody who already mm -hmm. creates stuff like that. But then actually when I thought about it, I just thought, you know, the technicalities of getting somebody else to do it is so long. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to get taxed fully, I might as well do it myself. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's like... Um, I completely understand. Yes. Yeah. So I've taught myself how to do basic modeling, and then now I'm trying to refine my skills so it looks... Well, you are a step decent. ahead of me. I, I couldn't get through half a donut, honestly. I couldn't get the icing on it to look right. And do you I know, gave up. like, <laughs> it's so difficult to get your head into. Yeah. But once you're into it, it's a tedious task, believe me. It takes ages, but once you get into it, you just you well, pick it up. I, I don't know. I mean, look at Gordy Art stuff. That guy is a oh, machine. Yeah I, yeah, I have no idea how that guy is so talented. And he has a family. Yeah. And I mean, he uses multiple different programs. So he creates his stuff on Blender and he uses something else to do all the paintwork on it, which is why they look so good. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's it's definitely some AAA quality 3D assets. I mean, you could put that, sure. the most recent dagger that he made, you could put that in any video game and no one would ask a question. Yeah. It's that I mean, good. I've seen some of them in the, was it, Ho yeah, Hootieverse, it was in one of the well, they are, um, videos. He, he put some of his weapons in um, Looper Island as well. I don't know if you saw that video. Oh, no, that's it. Looper Island. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. He got the, the pineapple sword in there and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, Looper Island's going to be amazing. I'm super excited for it. Okay. So, yeah. Asmodeus wants me to ask what your favorite thing from Greg's is. He told me you would understand. Ah, uh, cheese and onion pasty. 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I have no idea what that is, but I'm just going to assume that he knows what it is. <laughs> we'll leave yeah, it at that. Greg's is Greg's. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> okay. It must be a UK thing then. Mm -hmm, definitely. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So now we have the, the actual last community question from Spotted Buffy. Um, he, he's asking you to expand on the ability to push forward during the crypto winter, as you talked about earlier. What kind of kept you going and, and driving you through all of the downturn in the market and, and the, the slowdown in the NFT sales? I think my community, definitely. I think my community, but it's everyone's community. We're quiet and my Discord is silent, but I'm okay with that because I'm a silent girl. Right. <laughs> At yeah. the same time, they keep me inspired because when they come back, I think it's their kindness. And I've seen some communities feedback with some nastiness in some mm -hmm. projects um, and I'm just grateful that my community isn't like that at all and just the feedback that I've got from all of the stuff that they get from me the rewards that they receive from me and stuff that's inspiring for me to feel like Do you know what I want to give it back to them because they support my project so firstly it's them secondly it's I'm looking at the bigger picture so I'm not just looking at today and how things are going I'm looking at in the future people will be 
uptaking. People will be pushing forward. And, you know, with every bull run, there's always, you know, something bearish. So it's like, this is the bear run now. It's up highs and lows, same like the stocks in the marketplace and stuff. And for me, that's what I look at um, in terms of inspire, like inspiring me to push myself forward. Because um, I think in, in, you know, in the future, because people are going to, push forward and in the future when we're out of this disgusting recession that we're in people will have more money that they will spend again which will inevitably make people come back into the picture come back into the forefront um this was likely to happen anyway so it wasn't unpredictable um as soon as bitcoin dropped everyone knew that all the other cryptocurrencies will drop too but overall the outlook for cryptocurrency is good and where cryptocurrency is bullish so will nfts be bullish because we run off that currency so this is why i'm not put off i guess or i haven't given up on my project in that respect i see it as this is a second opportunity you know for me when my stocks go down i'm like right this is a great opportunity for me to average down or buy back in and wait for the next bull run do you know what i mean if i right. truly believe in the stock and that's exactly how i feel about nfts so i guess that's the reason a very good take on it <laughs> We've just hit the 60-minute mark, so um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast here. I really appreciate everyone for coming out and listening and joining us as we talk to Siler and Pender about her projects and her life and all the amazing things that she's got going on. Silent Girl, thank you very much for coming out and talking with us. It was a great time. I, I feel like there's still so many questions that I could ask you about your projects and everything. I, I didn't even touch on half of the things that I wanted to go over with you. So maybe we have to have you back on at some point in the near future. But thank you so much for coming out. I had such a great time. Join us next Thursday. We're going to be early again next week. We have Splush next week at six as well. So keep an eye out for that. You know, every week we have so many exciting and amazing guests coming on. And I'm sure, like I said, we'll have we'll have Silent Girl back on soon.